It's Monday, May the 4th. We're studying 2 Peter. Uh, we've reached this section on the false teachers. It's a warning about the fact that they might, take a look at the context here, uh, because they're greedy, they might exploit you with their false teaching and their false words. And then it speaks about the fact that they're going to be condemned, they're going to be destroyed. And then we had a series of examples that all started with if. Now, if God did not spare the angels, the then is coming. We're not quite to that yet. God didn't spare angels when they sinned. Uh, but cast them into hell, committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, kept until the judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, along with seven others, and brought the flood upon the world of the ungodliness. And then we get our next if here. If God did this, which of course he did, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, as he condemned them to extinction, making them an example about what was going to happen to the ungodly, and then we go on to the next one and we'll deal with that tomorrow. But here's our verse right here that deals with the example of Sodom and Gomorrah. We've moved from the judgment of the world with water in the flood to now judgment that is coming with fire. And this will be a theme he revives in the next chapter that God has reserved the future judgment for fire, uh, just like here in Sodom, uh, the picture of, of raining down sulfur on them as opposed to uh, the judgment with water. But nevertheless, we are going to try and understand a little bit about this. So let's look at this. So the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, if you were to go to an atlas, uh, as I did for you here, looked at a few of them today, and said, well, where are the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? The whole point of, ex of decimating these cities of the plain is that they're extinct, and we don't know where they are. But we're assuming, uh, I mean, this is a general area, and it's always believed that they're here, um, maybe under, even underneath the Dead Sea where it is, or at least it was for most of the... Uh, uh, history of the Bible. So and again, we got uh, Jerusalem here. This is the old word, Salem. Uh, so we're talking about here the Dead Sea, the southern part, the city of the plains. This is a desert area, of course. It's If it's hot, if you've ever been there, this is the lowest point on earth. It is the uh, saltiest body of water that you've got. And um, so anyway, that's the, that's the region that we're talking about. So he condemns them to, um, to ashes, it says. And here's why, just like we looked at Genesis 6 and the fact that people's hearts were continually evil, intentions to their hearts. Here you see at least the summary of the problem here in Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 and 21, that the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, God said, I'll go down to see whether or not they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. This is very formal language about God, you know, sitting in a tribunal, so to speak, as the judge. And uh, here comes the accusations against Sodom and Gomorrah, which we're going to learn tomorrow. Uh, certainly came from uh, Lot, at least one, and if not even angelic, you know, uh, intercessors looking at the sin, the grievous sin of the um, of the people here of Sodom and Gomorrah. So the, the problem, more specifically, if you want to look at, uh, I mean, the height of the problem as it's described in chapter 19, uh, here come the angelic visitors to uh, Lot, and it says, the men of the city uh, and the men of Sodom, both young and old, and all the people to the last man surrounded the house where these visitors were. And they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Of course, the biblical word know is the sexual euphemism to, to have sex with them. Uh, Lot went out to the man at the entrance and he shut the door after them and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. So this is where we get the word um, 
sodomy, obviously from the city of Sodom. And yet that is not the way that people um, like to describe the problem these days. Of course, this is a new generation of people. And it's only in this generation the, near the end of, you know, this last period of time. I mean, where people have really looked at this passage and say, there's got to be some other way to understand this. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter uh, chapter 16. And uh, here's one of the passages that it's gone to often to say, well, it's not about uh, homosexual sexual relations uh, that they were punished. Um, Ezekiel chapter 16 is a passage that's often quoted because Sodom and Gomorrah is often held up as an example in Ezekiel and Isaiah, Jeremiah. People talk about the, the example of God's justice upon this wicked society. And uh, here's God says, As I live, declares the Lord, your sister Sodom, and which is not what you want to be uh, in any familial connection with. And that's the picture here of the judgment coming upon this city in the day of Ezekiel, which is Judah. And uh, it's like you are just like Sodom. Uh, and her daughters have not done as you and your daughters have done. In other words, you're going to be, he's going to indict them as worse. Behold, this was guilty of your sister Sodom. What was it? Colon. So here it comes. She and her daughters had pride, excessive food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and the needy. That's usually where it stops. People say right there, we have the sin of Sodom right there. It has nothing to do with how this word came to be associated with homosexual sex, even though that was the depiction there in uh, the book of Ma or Genesis, Genesis 19. Uh, they often point to this passage and say, well, that's really what this was all about. And yet, if you keep reading in this text, you keep getting the abomination that they patterned their lives after that we saw even in Canaan. One of the reasons God drove out the people in Canaan uh, was because of the kinds of illicit and uh, homosexual perversion that was engaged in in the cities of the plains and before that in Canaan in the land that uh, Israel would inhabit. Uh, but anyway, they were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. That abomination is described elsewhere as we're about to see. But because of this verse and because in our politically correct day, we don't want to ever call homosexuality sin, uh, you have a lot of people uh, like these scholars saying, well, here's the real problem. Just a couple of examples. They will say, for instance, uh, the, he condemned them to extinction, but it wasn't for homosexuality. Mostly, and again, they say mostly because they can't deny the fact that there was homosexual uh, advances in with the intention, the intention of rape going on in the passage. But they say mostly Sodom and Gomorrah serve as examples of violent inhospitality. Okay, here come these visitors, and they are being uh, violent and demanding that they have uh, their relations with them, uh, sexual relations. And they said that the real problem is, is inhospitable, uh, being inhospitable, inhospitality. Um, and, and some go even further. Uh, University, uh, University of Theology, by the way, missed, lost a, a Y there, sorry. Homosexuality was not the sin of these mobs. That wasn't the problem, according to the modern scholars. Uh, they, these gangs threatened rape. That was the problem, right? It's the forcible sexual relations. It has nothing to do with the fact uh, that they were same-sex uh, relations. That wasn't the problem. Uh, even here locally in Southern California, at Biola, there was a dialogue that went on with Matthew Vines, who certainly tried to normalize homosexuality in the modern era. Uh, with Frank Sontag, Sean McDowell, uh, and Caleb uh, Kaltenbach, uh, 
pastor at Discovery Church, but they all met together and the New York Times reported on this. And I'm not saying this is the accurate depiction of what was said. Uh, I actually hope it wasn't knowing Sean and Frank in this discussion. And I've done a show, I believe with Caleb before. Um, I, anyway, sadly, this is how the New York Times reported it. They, speaking of these four, I know that this is Matthew's position, Matthew Vines, but he says they all agreed that in the Bible, God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of sodomy, right? Which is interesting because that's where we get the word uh, in ancient uh, lexical uh, definitions of homosexuality, sodomy. But that's not the reason. Uh, but because the residents were guilty of arrogance and greed. Now, of course, they're going to quote the Ezekiel passage, Ezekiel 16, to justify that because that's one of the things that is um, delineated in the passage. Well, to keep going in that passage, not only just in the next verse, they'll talk about the abominable acts that they committed, which if you read Genesis 19, you could add the fact that this was uh, intention to commit rape. But the idea of it, as I'll see in a second in Scripture, uh, is not justifying this statement at all, that God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of sodomy. Um, they, didn't, they weren't destroyed as a notorious example of God's judgment because of arrogance and greed. Were they arrogant? Yes. Were they greedy? Yes. Did they aid the poor? No, they didn't. Uh, here's what the Bible has to say. Uh, look at Jude chapter 7. I'm sorry, verse 7. Only one chapter, obviously. Here's the biblical record. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality, and the only depiction we have of that in the text is this homosexual intent to rape these males that had come to visit Lot and pursued, now here's how it's defined here, unnatural desire. Literally in Greek, this strange flesh. In other words, it's a picture. It's a way to speak of homosexual activity. Uh, and it served as an example by undergoing punishment of eternal fire. Now, all sin deserves punishment, right? The wages of sin is death, no matter what the sin is. But the picture of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible is example. Why was it condemned, if you were to ask? This is the biblical definition of it. And when you look at what this is defined as in Scripture, this unnatural desire, Romans defines that for us. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Women exchanged the natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. What are we talking about? Well, the men likewise, same thing, gave up natural relations with women. So we know we're talking about homosexuality here. And were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And certainly the echo in the background of the biblical example is Sodom and Gomorrah. Can't get around that. Bible teacher, that's what the Bible says, as politically incorrect as that may be in our day. And you can't say that with getting attacked or having some kind of... Uh, uh, vitriol, you know, and, and uh, aspersions cast at you. That This is what the Bible teaches about the problem in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why he condemned them to extinction. And what did he do? He made an example of what was going to happen to the ungodly. And in chapter 3, we're going to see it's about God destroying the world with fire one day. And that's the picture here in Genesis chapter 19. The Lord reigned on Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how the passage ends. With sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all of the valley, the cities of the plains there in the valley, and all the inhabitants of the cities which, uh, and what grew on the ground. Everything was destroyed. But Lot's wife, we can talk about this tomorrow, behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Which, by the way, that's an interesting connection because the cities there on the southern part of the sea of Ga or the uh, Dead Sea, of course, any part in the Dead Sea is known for its super high salt content. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley, and he looked, and behold, the smoke 
of that land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So this is the example that the Bible gives of a judgment coming on all people, regardless of what their sin might be. Not that there's not a gradation in the kinds of judgment that come on the kinds of sin that you commit. And I'm not saying that you can't gradiate sin. You certainly can. Some sins are worse than other, others. But the point of this if here is looking at the false prophets in the New Testament era and what they deserve as they greedily exploit people with their false teaching. And the Bible says that God has shown the example of his judgment that is sure and it's coming and it's not asleep and it's not delayed. It's coming upon those who disregard biblical teaching and biblical doctrine. And the example of that in this text is Sodom and Gomorrah. I trust that that is a as sobering as it is, a helpful reminder as we move from the flood, we move from angels to the flood, and now to the example of Sodom and Gomorrah as we think about the surety of God bringing judgment on false teachers and all the false and sinful behavior that goes with it. And we're going to look at a very interesting inclusion of insight into Lot, that's tomorrow's study, that uh, was being tormented in this city because of the unrighteousness. And Lot seems to be no paragon of of righteousness himself, but we'll get more into that tomorrow. Until then, uh, we hope that you'll subscribe and you'll be back with us tomorrow as we continue our study through Second Peter. I hope this is helpful helpful to you. We try to keep it to 15 minutes. If these have been helpful to you, certainly share them with people. They can start at the beginning. We have several of them logged now uh, on the various platforms that we put them out on, and uh, they're there for people to just get into the Word and to study the Word together. And we hope that you would share them as they're beneficial, I trust, for your knowledge of the Word and your spiritual growth. And we'll be back tomorrow with more in Second Peter. Mm -hmm.